Welcome to the Urban Hope Podcast. Today's sermon is called The Ten Commandments Do Not Bear False Witness from Exodus 20, 1 through 16, and 18 through 20 from Noah Despinos. Good morning, Urban Hope. Good to be with y'all. Uh, we are continuing in our sermon series this summer. Uh, we took a break from the book of Acts, if you're visiting with us. Um, to walk through the Ten Commandments. And so this morning I get the privilege to uh, preach from commandment number nine. And so as it is our custom here at Urban Hope, can you please stand for the reading of God's word? We will be in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 16 and 18 through 20. Uh, I think it's page 72, right, in the Pew Bibles, maybe? I have a different Bible, but if you're using the Pew Bible, I think it might be 72. And it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall not have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, our text for this morning, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Verse 18, now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountains smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us. And we will listen, but do, not, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. Grass withers, flowers fade. You may be seated. 
Sometimes when you see the Ten Commandments written out, um, they might have this particular commandment, commandment number nine, uh, translated as, you shall not lie. Uh, and while this commandment does address lying, it is the heart of the commandment. Uh, the, that is actually, uh, it takes away from the original meaning of what God had in mind for the command. And so he was not just trying to get at lying, but he was trying to get at lying that impacts, negatively impacts another person, right? And so that's why it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, right? So we can't leave that part out. So God is saying, you shall not bear false witness against your, your neighbor. So lying that impacts another person. And so why, why does God even phrase it in this way? Um, to make this make sense, you got to put, your, put yourself back in the ancient Near East, which is the time period in which the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, uh, is written in. And during that time, right, long time ago, you got no cameras. <laughs> right? No cameras, no iPhones, right? Uh, no fingerprints, right? You can't, you ain't had no fingerprint technology. You ain't had detectives, right? Nobody was going to school to study criminology, right? Uh, you didn't have DNA testing, all these different things that help us today in 2023 solve murders, solve crime, right? Y'all watch uh, Law and Order, CS, all up, CSI, SVW. All those shows, right, where you see that take place. So that was, there was none of that back then. And so one of, the big, one of the things that was a really big deal when you were dealing with justice and in the court system, uh, an eyewitness testimony was a really, really important, right? They relied heavily on people that were there at the scene, and that testimony that you presented in court went a long way when it came to solving or bringing justice to that situation. Does that make sense, right? And so because of that, God is like, yo, you have the power in that situation if you're giving an eyewitness testimony to literally ruin someone's life if you lie, if you don't tell the truth, right? No cameras, we ain't got all that. So they're literally, yo, Tristan, were you there? I was, what did you see? Tell me what you saw, this is really important. And so if Tristan didn't like the person who was being accused of a crime, he could have, if he wanted to, made up a lie. And that could have went towards putting that person in a position for death or locking them up forever. And so God says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And the truth is, most of us will never be in a court scenario I've never been to court, still haven't done jury duty yet. But most of us will never be in a position where we have to give an eyewitness testimony that can destroy someone's life. That's most of us. But we do have the capacity and the ability with our words, with what we say about other people, to destroy people and to ruin their lives. You may not be able to do it in a courtroom, but you can do it in an everyday scenario or conversation. I think James hits it on the head for us in James chapter three, which is 
supposed to be on the screen for us. Um, these three verses, few verses, well, four verses, at some point we should, should probably memorize, uh, maybe put it somewhere in your house so you can reflect on it. But James, I love his language, his use of metaphors and imagery, helping us to paint this picture about the importance of our mouths, our tongues, and what we say. And so in verse 3, he says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. And so I've never been on a horse. Can't remember if I've ever seen one in person, but I've seen them on TV. Supposedly, they're really big, really big, like five times the size of me, probably PA. Just, they're just big. But humans, when they get on top of horses, have the ability through something called a bit which is in the mouth of a horse, and you literally can control every movement with that bit, right? And so you, a human, can get the horse to do whatever you want just by this small bit, this small instrument. And then James says, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pirate directs. I think Job was talking earlier, he's about to go on a cruise, so good for Job. But he was explaining how the cruise ships are huge, multiple stories. Then when you get to the pilot or the, 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 the salesman or whatever, he's just controlling this little small wheel. And he's able to guide the ship. Small things that are able to do great things. And in verse five he says, so take that imagery that I just gave you. The tongue is a small member, maybe what, two inches, three inches? Some of y'all got long tongues, genetics, right? But tongues are small, right? Two to three inches max. If they're if they longer than that, something wrong with you. But two to three inches, right? The tongue is a small member, but it boasts of, yet it boasts of great things, has the ability to do great things. Then he says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Californians, people out west, they've seen this. It only takes a small match. Next thing you know, there's chaos, fires, destruction. And so he says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire, the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. So James says, simply put, your tongue, what you say, has the ability to cause mass destruction. Not only corrupting yourself, but people around you. That's what James is saying. A mouth can set the whole course of life on fire. It can destroy self-esteem, devastate relationships, ruin careers, and also kill ministries. Churches have shut down, have been split up because someone said something they weren't supposed to or started a rumor that caught people's attentions and caused great divisiveness. 
And so it's bigger than just lying, because not all lies impact people. Some lies just impact us, but God is trying to get at something much bigger. Lying that impacts the people around us. Lying that destroys other people. And so Dion did it beautifully this morning. Um, we walk through every week the Heidelberg Catechism, and he explains to us that the reason why we do that is just this really cool way to help us summarize the Bible, right? Like, because you'll read something in the Bible and you may not really fully understand what God is saying. And so a, a lot of smart people got together and they put together something called a catechism. And so some of us, we use that to teach our children truths about God. So I highly recommend walking through the catechism, even as adults. Um, but the catechism, the one that we actually use today, the Heidelberg Catechism, has a specific section on the Ten Commandments. And so I have that. Uh, should be up on the screen as well. But Heidelberg Catechism, if you're asking the question, Noah, if somebody at work tomorrow asks me, can you explain to me what God is trying to get at with commandment number nine? I'm not really familiar with this whole not bearing false witness against your neighbor. Help me out. Question 112 says, what is, hold on, question 112 says, what is the aim? What is God trying to get at when it comes to the ninth commandment? The answer, it says, that I never give false testimony against anyone, that I twist no one's words, that I don't gossip or slander, nor join in condemning anyone rashly or without hearing, but it says, rather, in court, and everywhere else I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. These are the very devices that the devil uses, and they would call down on me God's intense wrath. I, we, should love the truth, speak it candidly and openly acknowledge it, and I should do what I can to guard and advance my neighbor's name. Great summary of what is God trying to tell me that I should do when I read commandment number nine. So the first thing he says is never give false testimony. What does that mean? Whenever you are presented with the opportunity to tell the truth, you should tell nothing but the truth. When someone asks you for a written or oral statement, right? Tell the truth. What did you see? What happened? Don't think twice. Don't try to figure out how can I use this word or that word to maybe look, make it look like something else, right? This, I think, a good example. This is when we get in a car accident. You get a police report. They're trying to figure out what went wrong, and you know you was the one speeding, probably wasn't looking. Says, sir, ma'am, help me out. What happened? Well, I mean, the sun got in my, ain't no sun got in your eye. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Never give false testimony, and not just what happens with you, but what happens with other people. If you see something, if you saw something, if you witnessed a fight at school, Teacher comes to you and says, what did you see? You were standing there. Tell the truth. Don't 
Don't try to make the story favor your friend. That's my homeboy. I, got, I can't let him go to ISS. They still do ISS? What they call it? Sis? Okay, cool. Right? Can't. No, we got to tell the truth. Then he says, we don't twist people's words. Twisting someone's words or someone else's words would mean that you take what they say completely out of context or rephrase them in a way that makes them mean something completely different. Right? So someone sharing something with you, a good example of this might be when you're confronting someone, right? Maybe you're saying, hey, I noticed this sin pattern in your life, or I noticed this, let's say homosexuality, for example, and you want to lovingly share with this person that, hey, do you know that the Bible says that this is wrong? And that might be just how you say it. But then that person might say, hey, you hate gay people. You're, you're homophobic. It's like, whoa, it's not what I said. <laughs> I literally didn't say, I did not say that. That is twisting someone's words. Repeat exactly what I said. And if you're unsure about what that person has said, you should ask for clarity. If someone is asking you to give uh, a testimony or repeat something that, some, that someone shared with you and you're not fully clear, it would be best to say, hey, let me get back to you on that. But we got to be careful not to twist these words. Even when we're talking and having arguments with each other or disagreements, sometimes our minds are made up, right, about the other person and where they stand that we can't even hear what they're saying. We, we just assume that they have it out to get us, and so whatever they're saying, we're like, we twist it. Like, even though they said this, you're saying, well, you said that. We can't twist people's words. That is bearing false witness against your neighbor. We do not honor each other when we do this. Then he says, not gossip or slander. Not gossip or slander. Some of y'all about to put y'all heads down. All right? Not gossip or slander. What is gossip? Some of us grew up in church, heard that word thrown around a lot. But what exactly is gossip? Gossip is passing along a report or rumor that you can't say for certain is true or not. Right? And so we hear something that happened to so-and-so, and we have no idea whether it's true or not. We ain't did no fact-checking. We ain't did no praying about it. But by the time we get to the house, we done told about three people. On the way home from work, we done call my, call my mama. Mama, guess what? Then we done text sister and them. Then the group chat blowing up. And we ain't did no fact verification. No fact verification. We have not even checked to see if this is even true, but we share this stuff. We go around telling people things that we've heard. But gossip is actually just is more than that. We, got, we also gossip when we pass along a true report. Something, so something that could be true, but we do it unnecessarily. 
So we hear something that is true. Maybe somebody got fired from their job. That's not a good look. But that doesn't mean just because you found out somebody got fired, it's your business to go and tell the whole neighborhood. Doesn't mean it's your business to go and tell the group chat. It doesn't mean it's your responsibility to go and share that with your family members. Let, let that person make the, the Facebook announcement or however they want to get that information out. So we gossip even when we tell the truth, when we share statements unnecessarily or that we haven't been given permission to share. Then he says, don't slander. So while gossip is passing along what you may not know or passing along what is true but unnecessary, slander goes one step further. It, deliber it is deliberately passing along what is false. So slander is just straight up lying on folks, talking bad about people, saying things that are not true. Just not true. Just because you don't like that person or that person ticked you off, so now you go around and you're sharing statements, saying things that are not true about that person. That is slander. That is sinful. Slander also includes assuming the worst possible motives for other people's intentions and refusing to ever give people the benefit of the doubt. And we gotta be careful with this. Example, we're at church, and you're in the lobby, someone walks past you without saying hi, and now you're like, man, this person don't like me. Your mind just says, well, they walked past me, I saw them greet so-and-so, they walked past me, they must not like me. Then you go home and you tell your husband, oh, they don't like me. When really, he was just thinking about lunch. He was just focused on something else. You walk right past him. He ain't mean nothing about it. But now you take that and you say, oh, he doesn't like me. That's not fair to him. Or when your, your, your boss maybe sends a short email and he doesn't start with a greeting, you're like, oh, man, he hates me. Like, man, he just might have been in a rush. He could have been driving and he was just trying to get you a quick email. But because he didn't say, dear so-and-so, or hello, how are you doing? We assume my boss doesn't like me or this coworker has an issue with me. That's slander. Then he says, don't join in condemning anyone rashly or without hearing. Most of us here in Alabama, Birmingham had a a personal example of this probably recently with the Carly Russell situation. All right, who was at home two weeks ago at the crib having dinner talk around Carly Russell? It was, it was just me and Rachel? Y'all wasn't doing that? Okay. Right? So my wife comes to me, Carly Russell. I don't know who that is, but she's been kidnapped in Hoover, got all this evidence and stuff. Well, really no evidence yet. At the time, it was just, we just know she's gone. And I get, to, I get to dissecting the story, just breaking it down. I was like, man, this don't sound right. Right, but I'm, you know, we prayed on the porch. I remember we prayed. I, I'm mad I prayed because I, you know, it looked like it was a waste of a prayer, but I prayed. <laughs> but I prayed, right? I did what I was supposed to do. I prayed, right? Y'all forgive me. But I prayed. And 
as the, the next two days unfolded, there were facts and, and stuff started coming out. You got highway cameras and people saw that she said this, but this didn't add up to this. But along the way, I saw people posting comments without all the facts and evidence being out there yet, making their own assumptions, right? Never giving Carly Russell a chance to explain her side of the story. We all, some of us, maybe not all, some of us were coming to our own conclusions and we took it as fact. We as Christians should want to hear all the facts of the case before we ever come to a determination. Proverbs 18 verse 17 says, the one who states his case first seems right, right? So usually when we hear one side of the story first, we run with that because that's the only side we know, but it says, until the other comes and examines him. So we should wait. We as Christians should learn how to wait, be patient before we give verdicts on people, right? And because of social media, because we got all this news coming at us all the time, we're tempted to do this more than ever before, right? You read about Zion Williamson, you read about a random mayor, a random politician, somebody in Connecticut that you don't even know but CNN done told you they did this, and so you run with it now. It's dangerous. That is not our position to determine them guilty until we have all of the evidence. Then he says, I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. And so God now says, under this commandment, not only are we addressing what does it look like to destroy or to hurt other people by our words, but he says, you as well should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. And we see this, particularly on social media, right? Some reporter tweets out something negative about a, note, a noteworthy politician, pastor, or athlete, and it gets 4,000 retweets. So retweet, we retweet negative news all day long. Something about the human heart, we love negativity. But later in the day when there's a retraction, right, when something comes out and says, well, actually that was false, that correction gets like 300 retweets. <laughs> right? right, when the truth comes out, the retweet energy ain't there. <laughs> we forget how to retweet. We forget how to retweet. Bad news travels much faster than good news. We must be careful to avoid deceit of every kind, intentional or not. This also comes up for us personally, right? Ex when we exaggerate. We got some exaggerators in the building, right? <laughs> Y'all laughing, right? You saw 10 people walk in, but it was 25 people. When you tell the story, it's like, bro, it wasn't 25, <laughs> right? Somebody said, how many miles you ran? You ran two, but you ran four and a half. Like, you start multiplying. I was guilty of this growing up, you know. I was a little chubby. So, you know, I was, and that brought a little shame to me. Like, I, used, I used to like to eat. So you might act, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. So you'd ask me how much I ate, and I would say, I'd usually just say a little less, right? <laughs> right, it was, it was 10 wings, but I might have hit you with seven and a half, right? And in your mind, well, that's no big deal. But that's lying. That's deceitful.
God is helping us to understand here that we are not to exaggerate. We're not to deceive people. We're not to make things smaller than they really are because it sounds better. All of that falls under commandment number nine. But then there's also the sin of silence. Everybody say silence. Silence. If you ask me, Noah, what's one thing that you hate? Hate about urban hood culture is the no snitching uh, rule that we have. Hate it. Snitches get stitches. That is demonic. If you know something and you have the ability to help solve a crime, bring justice, you are obligated to tell and to speak up. I hate when I see the mayor of Birmingham on the news when something happens, and he's done this a couple times, and he'll be talking to reporters, and he'll say, hey, if you saw something, we really want to help this family solve this crime. I know there were witnesses. Please come, help the police. We need your help. And I'm watching him almost come to tears because I think deep down he knows no one's going to step up. Because that's just what we do. We don't, we don't get involved in that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that there are different reasons why people don't snitch. They might feel like their lives might be in danger. But if you know something, it is your obligation as a Christian to speak up. We don't follow street code here at Urban Hope. <laughs> we in the streets, but we don't follow street, street code. We don't follow street code. Then he says, I should, down at the last point in the blue, he says, instead of this, instead of what he tells us not to do in that first few sentences, he says, we as Christians, we should love the truth. Instead of bearing false witness, instead of lying, instead of being deceitful, instead of exaggerating, instead of slandering people, we should love the truth. We should love the truth and be committed to truth. Why? Because that is the very nature of God. God is truth. That's who we were singing about this morning. He is truth. This verse right here, Numbers 23, 19, should bring you comfort. God is not man that he should lie. He can't lie. Or a son of a man that he should change his mind. That's good for us because his promises are here to stay. He doesn't change his mind. He can't, he can't take it back. Has he said, will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? If God says it, you could take it to the bank. God is truth. Jesus in John 14, verse 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We as Christians have been saved by truth. You're sitting here. You love God. It is because he is the truth. You've been saved by truth. You should love the truth. You should love the truth.
We know Satan is referred to, if you, you, may, you may not know, let me not, let me not say that, but the word of God refers to Satan as the father of lies. And we see this. You're asking yourself, well, why is this world so messed up? What happened? How did we get here? We see it all started in some ways with deception, with a lie. If you hate sin, you should hate lying. You should hate deception. Eve was deceived. That's where it started. And now we have all of this. We have chaos, corruption. We are the children of God. We should love the truth. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, Paul talking to the church, talking to the people of God. They're learning how to do life with each other, learning what it looks like to come together, sing songs, use their gifts, and sometimes there's friction there. So Paul in this chapter is giving us instructions on how do we do this thing called church together? How do we submit to leaders? How do we do Bible study? How do we sing songs and come together, even though we may not know each other or always like each other? He says in verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, put away lying, put away deceit, having put away all these things, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Church only works if we are telling the truth to one another. If I can't look to the person to my right or my left and count on the truth, this thing does not work. It doesn't work. The same way the justice system didn't work without truth telling in the ancient Near East, we can't do this thing called urban hope well. And I think that's what Mike, in some ways, was trying to help us with a few weeks back. How do we communicate in a way that we can truly do life together, speak truth to each other, love one another. And so as the children of God, we must be known for speaking the truth, and we must speak the truth to one another. That is the only way we can be in community with one another, do life together, and I believe continue to do what God has for us here in Fairfield. Thank you for listening to the Urban Hope Podcast. For more information about Urban Hope Community Church, please visit our website www.urbanhopecc.com.